0: Today's episode is brought to you by Alliance Aviation. Whether your mission is flying in style to any of the circuits on this year's Formula One calendar or simply traveling for business, Alliance's team of aviation professionals is ready to get you from point A to point B. When you fly with Alliance as a charter customer, we deliver superior aircraft, fair pricing, and no long-term commitments. And right now, we have an ongoing promotion to save you 5% on all jet cards. Normally, a jet card can cost you $6,500 per light hour, but when you use promo code POINTS, you can save over $8,000 per check card. Use promo code POINTS and fly to the Formula One circuits in style at fly.flyalliance.us slash points. Welcome back to the In the Points Podcast, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe. On this week's episode, it's race week at the circuit Gilles Villeneuve for the Canadian Grand Prix. The first time we have been here since 2019 when Sebastian Vettel received a five second time penalty, ceding his P1 race win to Lewis Hamilton. This 70 lap circuit dates back to 1970 and has two DRS zones, which should suit the Red Bull racing cars, although the prancing horse Scuderia will be hot to trot, looking to avoid another disastrous week. Weekend chipping away at Red Bull's lead in both championships. Listen in as we talk which actors should play F1 superstars for Apple TV's newest F1 movie, draft the drivers we want to have a beer with, preview this high speed Canadian circuit, and as always, give our predictions for race weekend. All of that, plus we have listener emails and much, much more. This episode is full of high speed corners, DRS zones, and the hottest Formula One takes in the business. Don't touch those buttons because we are going racing. To In the Points, the fastest growing Formula One podcast on the globe. I am your host, Matt Dotil. We are having a short week this week following the Baku Azerbaijan Grand Prix, the city of winds. We are going right straight into Montreal. It is a double-stack week for us. We have back-to-back episodes. Joined as always on the podcast with me are my co-hosts Sam Russell and Stefano Sedano. Guys, let's get racing. Welcome back to the podcast, you guys.
1: Thanks, Matt. Good to be here. Uh, can't wait to talk about our buddies up North Canada, big week. One of my favorite tracks, actually very excited.
2: Let's give it the old razzle dazzle. Gentlemen, time to chop things up.
0: Yeah, let's chop things up um, guys. I'm super pumped short weeks are are tough on the podcast boys the podcast never sleeps We have a lot of work ahead of us and we get two in a week, but I love back-to-back race weeks Super pumped only gripe is that it's uh it's conflicting with the US open this weekend two o'clock in the afternoon is not really an ideal time to have a race when you've got the US open in Massachusetts uh, about five miles outside of where we all live for the most part and I like the morning races, but Guys, it's first time back in Canada since 2019, as many of you may recall, that was the infamous race where Sebastian Vettel finished ahead of Lewis Hamilton, got a five-second penalty for not coming back onto the track in a safe manner, moved the number one and the number two slots. We got a whole Canada preview to get going into later on in this episode, but first, as we teased last week's episode, or I should say two days ago's episode, following our Baku recap, we had a listener email. and the head of content, or I think it was the director of Apple TV content, reaching out to the In The Points boys. And Stefano, he reached out to you specifically. Why don't you get that email back up? Read it again for our fans. We teased that we were going to talk about this on the episode this week. Why don't you guys? Why don't you let the listeners know what the question being asked?
2: Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it reads, Dear In The Points, Loved the content and was curious as the only podcast in the world growing at the speed of Formula One. What you guys thought about Apple TV picking up the streaming rights to Brad Pitt's new F1 movie. Surely, with Lewis Hamilton as a producer and Joseph Kaczynski, director of Top Gun 2, it should be great for the sport. I'd love to hear your takes. Yours sincerely, Eddie Q, head of Apple TV's streaming department.
0: Eddie Q.
1: I mean... Eddie Q, Eddie Q. Sam,
0: what you. why don't we start with you on your take? Because you're a huge Brad Pitt guy. You're a huge Top Gun guy. You're a huge Lewis Hamilton guy. You love all the streaming services. <laughs> you you always tell me you can't get enough of every st- single streaming service. You have them all. You like them all. You watch everything on every single uh, platform. I love streaming so, services, yeah. <laughs> this is like a match made in heaven for you. Like, Watch out, Sam. Yes no, you, yes yes you might and be no. walking
1: down the aisle with this one. Yes and no, Matt. This is twofold for me. Um, First off, I do love streaming services, but I do not believe in cord cutting at all. I hate cord cutting. So the idea of um, potentially where where I think this is going is Apple TV is going to look to start streaming F1 races live. They're getting into sports streaming. They just signed a deal with MLS. I think this is the first step in a move to maybe get the rights of F1 uh, live streaming. So that's where I think it's going and like I said, I can't stand cord cutting. So I'm actually not looking forward to that. I like watching the races on ESPN live. Um, no delays, but uh, it's good news for F1 because I think, you know, Apple's is becoming a big player in uh, in this world. So it's kind of a legitimacy type thing for him. So it's great. And I can't wait to see a movie with Brad Pitt in it. Um, I love Brad Pitt. He's great. Hot guy. So looking forward to that. So all in all, it's good news, but I hope that we keep uh, the live ESPN stream because I, I can't do that 15-second delay stuff with the cord-cutting crap. Yeah, that shit is so goddamn annoying. Um,
2: but I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in the same boat. Eddie, if you're listening, I'm sure you're going to be listening. Please, for the love of God, give this movie a run in actual movie theaters. Okay? You've got the director of Top Gun Maverick. And I don't know about you guys, but I recently saw Top Gun Maverick And that movie kicked so much ass. Hell yeah, brother. Dude, hell yeah. I was so fired up to see that movie, but that's a story for another day. Um, But the experience of seeing just such a well-made, well-acted movie in a movie theater was second to none. You don't get that on uh, a normal TV. So definitely give it. Uh, a run in the movie theaters. And, you know, with Joseph Kaczynski as a director, I think this movie's going to kick ass.
1: Here's a question for you. You got to have Tom Cruise in it. Um, you have to, obviously. Who does he play?
0: Fernando Alonso. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, I
1: guess. Yeah, I guess he could. He could play maybe maybe like, Total Wolf, maybe. Yeah, Tom Cruise has Tor- experience in racing. So, so like, here's the Toto. thing. What about this for an idea? You make a movie on last year's season. So it's funny and, you say that, and Tom Cruise plays Toto Wolf. That would be a great movie, man.
0: It's funny you say that. I was actually going to ask you guys, what do you think the premise of the movie is? And I don't think it's going to be about last year. Should
1: be, but it's it won't be. And it should
0: it, be, though. I I think so. Yeah, he, there's a lot
1: to unpack. George Clooney plays Michael Massey. I just got to put the put that uh, put that in there. Dude. Oh, I
0: was actually going to say Benicio del Toro should play Michael Massey. <laughs>
1: that was George what I was, Clooney, man. It's got to be Clooney. No, Clooney would play Toto Wolf, and Benicio. No, De- Tom Cruise is going to play Toto Wolf. Tom
2: Cruise There's, is too T- short. He's to nine Toto Wolf. feet tall. There's no way Tom Cruise can play Toto Wolf.
1: I mean, you can make Tom Cruise look like 6'2". They no. have. No, cool. they game have game you seen, have you seen Mission
0: Impossible four? Tom Cruise should play like Christian Horner. That's the right height.
2: for Actually, that. I, I really, I Matt Damon should play Christian Horner. No, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon should be in Christian. prison. Matt Damon should be in prison.
0: Yeah, we all know Risen? that. But so hold on a second. Hold on. So I I I actually think that the like the premise should be like an evolution of F like here's the question, is it going to be based on real events or is it going to be like a fictional movie about Formula 1? Like I heard about, I heard that it was going to be like is it going to be like Rush where it's like tracking Nikki Lauda and James Hunt and you get those guys being played by the way. If that's the case, You need to have those guys come back and play Nicky Loud and James Hunt. Is it going to be a time period piece? Is it going to be like Top Gun where it's fictional, but it's about Formula One? So they try to get it close to that. Or is it going to be about like the evolution of F1? Like I, I'm super pumped, but I have no idea where they're going to go with this. And I, I just don't know where I think like height wise, I would love to see Tom Cruise play like Fernando Alonso. That'd be hysterical. Just like get him a beard and he has to like talk in an accent. That'd be, I mean, he already played the last of the, the last of the Mohicans, right? So yes. and what was
2: Amra. That was Daniel Day-Lewis and last of the Mohicans. Yeah.
0: All right. Daniel Day-Lewis, by the way, definitely needs to be in here in some way, shape, or Daniel form. Daniel Day-Lewis movie. could play Fernando Alonso. Yeah. who But the honestly, the best question is A, what is it the movie's even going to be about? And then B, who would play Crofty? I think you have to have Crofty play himself.
2: It depends what time period this movie's in. Because if it's I, like,
0: I think you'd put him in any time period. You have him yell, "It's lights out, away we go!" No matter whether it's nineteen seventy so or we have, 2000. We have,
2: we have an anachronistic commentator on, uh, like say, say it takes place in the eighties. Like I don't think Crofty was commentating races back then. Doesn't matter. It would be, matter, Mar- he, it he would be Murray matter. Walker for that.
0: McConaughey playing Schumacher.
2: He actually looks decently enough like Schumacher, so I could see that happening.
1: Martin Brundle being played by Peter Dinklage? No, Martin
2: Brundle being, <laughs> being played by Martin Brundle being played by the guy from the English guy from Black Panther. I can't remember his name. I think it was like Martin. Oh, I can't remember his name, but that guy would be perfect for Martin Brundle.
1: They're the same height. Dude, I'm mad. He's the same height as Peter Dinklage. Oh, that's that. Imagine just a movie. And you got where- to put the scene with Venus and Serena Williams <laughs> next. Oh, Imagine God. just walking
0: into like, the theater halfway through. You accidentally walk into the wrong theater. You're trying to go and see like, the next Marvel movie. And you accidentally stumble into Apple TV. Somehow they're both streaming and in theaters. And Apple TV's posted, putting out their, their F1 movie. And you just see Peter Dinklage. Doing a grid walk, bumping into like Britney Griner playing Venus Williams on camera, and it's just like that would be laughable. I would laugh out
1: loud. Uh, oh, we we just did HBO's job for him. We just casted the F one movie.
0: Yeah, we, we did. We just did or Showtime's did job for them. We just did Showtime's job for them. We casted the movie for them. Um, all right. So the F1 Apple TV movie would be George Clooney or Benicio del Toro playing, uh, Michael Massey. You'd have Tom Cruise and Sam's World somehow stretching four and a half more feet to play Toto Wolf. Um, I think you'd have him playing Fernando Alonso, Matthew McConaughey playing Michael Schumacher. Um, and then Crofty as himself. But guys, what is the movie about? Somebody answer that. What is the movie
2: about? Dude, apparently, there's rumors that it's starring Brad Pitt as a retired Formula One driver coming back onto the grid. I that's love what, that. That's, that's, oh, that's, that's what so I
1: good. Wow. That needs to be what it is now. And then you get like cameos of real F1 guys in there. That's I think gotta that's got to be that's, what, that's be what it is. Oh, that's that's gonna be awesome. I
2: think that's the plan. We'll be
1: at the midnight premiere for that one, boys. Dude, Honestly, hell yeah, we, might be, we might be at the red carpet
0: rollout with the in the point squad with like Will Buxton, Nico Rosberg, Toto Wolff, the whole gang.
1: I think that has to be the goal of this podcast. At this time and place, if we can get passes to the red carpet of the premiere of that, it'll be OK. This podcast was a success.
2: Well, this- dude, I'll just I'll just uh, I'll reach back out to Eddie Q. And yeah, let talk to eddie q. yeah he, we're boys we're boys
0: eddie q will say hell yeah brother fire it up here's here's three passes we'll get three more tickets for guests it'll be a, a who's who a what's what i think you know we've had a couple goals on this podcast so far this year i think this is the new number one before it was like making sure we we're at vegas with like all the boys at the hospitality tent hanging out with with buxton crofty brundle nico rosberg uh, and and all the likes of them all the pundits julian palmer now that's kind of like table stakes we know we're going to be there now it's okay how do we get rolled out the red carpet with the likes of Brad Pitt probably Tom Cruise probably John Krasinski <laughs> he's probably going to be in the mix somehow I'll somewhere. want up
1: you Matt what, what if we're in the movie like there's people playing us and we're like the American podcast that's like referenced in the movie uh,
0: we we're like we're that's shooting one for week away from that that is not that far of a remote in about two weeks. That'll become the new goal.
1: Pitch it that to the F1 boys will... Eddie Q.
0: Yeah. It, it, we're so well positioned. We're the only American based podcast and we're growing at the speed of Formula One. So yeah, we are the fastest yeah. growing
2: podcast. Hell yeah.
0: Fire it up boys. Yeah. But
2: I'm, I'm uh, fired up. I'm pumped.
0: Up. I'm pumped for the movie. I honestly, that's that was the thing. I did not want it to be about any specific season. Because they always do great recaps and like you've got all these people doing like you get drive to survive. So you kind of have enough about what's happening each season. I loved Rush. The Nicky Lauda movie was fantastic, Uh, but I wanted something a little bit more outside the box with a ton of cameos. So if that's what they're doing and Brad Pitt is like, I hope Brad Pitt is playing the retired Nico Rosberg, to be honest with you, because that would be freaking electric.
2: Playing Nico Rosberg with a Missouri accent. I mean, Oklahoma or wherever Brad Pitt's from. That would be fucking sick, dude.
0: It would be I so that
2: man as a German. It would
0: be so sweet, and I think if you had Matthew McConaughey playing Michael Schumacher on top of that too, as like the dad of of like, dude, guys, imagine this: Matthew McConaughey is playing Michael Schumacher, who is the dad of Mick Schumacher in like he's doing his own cameo. So Matthew McConaughey on screen is the dad of the actual Mick Schumacher at Haas, and he's just like going nuts. I think this would be electric. Yeah, I'm sold
2: on that. Totally dude, sold. One one question: If Tom Cruise plays Toto Wolf, how do we incorporate the uh, the Tom Cruise sprint that he does in all of his movies?
0: The one where he's is running he like, away from it, his bad thoughts.
2: No, 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 dude. Is he like? Is there a racing incident and then? tom cruise as total wolf has to like sprint to the stewart yeah, maybe there's area. like
1: a maybe there's like a giant crash with brad pitt coming back like a fiery crash and he runs from the pit wall like onto the track yeah to and they're secretly, to like lovers so that. they're
0: secretly lovers because apple tv is super based and like brad pitt is playing like he's like a gay version of a formula one driver
2: Sebastian Vettel would oh, yeah, be, brother, would be all there. He it thinks up. that there should be more more representation, and I you know agree with this him, podcast like is totally would, for that.
0: I'm totally supportive of all that. Like let let them, oh, yeah. let people be who they want to be. You know, like well why why bottle it up? Let's let's fire it up, boys. Hell yeah, brothers, fire it oh, yeah. up, fire it up. Um, but guys, so that movie can't come out fast enough.
1: It's got to come out at the speed of Formula 1. I am. I'm too excited about it now. I wish we didn't talk about it because I just want to be here now. I'm just going to go. After
2: after we're done, I'm going to go watch Rush. That movie kicks so much ass.
1: After we're done, you got to email Eddie Q and tell him, thank you for the question and and pitch all of the things we just talked about. After we're done, I'm going to put
0: both Top Gun on TV one and Rush on TV two. And I'm going to put both of them at max sound. And then I'm probably going to watch like what happened last year on my iPad. And I'm just going to get inundated with the most hell yeah, brother fired up type of viewing experience of all time. Uh, Dude, guys. That
2: sounds like you're going to be on the highway to the danger zone. If you do all that stuff.
0: Oh, I certainly am. I'm going to be on the highway to the danger zone guys. So, Apple TV, you get the in the points approval for us. Super pumped. That's gonna movie's gonna be so based. I can't wait to see it. You know, it's gonna be one of those movies where I'm gonna probably have like three or four beers while I'm in the movie theater watching it. And it's gonna be awesome because it's just gonna be like you're gonna feel like so jacked up. You're gonna wanna have like a nice cold pop and and drink during this movie because you're going to have to settle your nerves because you're going to be on the edge of your seat. And you're That's not the type to-
1: of movie you do, like, three drinks before, three during, and then, like, three or four after to decompress and, like, debrief on the whole thing. And the three guys, of us will guys, be there. Yeah. Guys, speaking, speaking of drinks, speaking of beers, I got
2: to ask, you know, we spend all of our time talking about the current grid and what they do as far as, like, driving goes. All right? But with all this preamble, with all this talk of going to a film premiere, getting shit faced before, during and after, I got to ask if you guys could pick like three guys, three, three, three guys in the grid to get a beer, to get a beer with, who would they be? Good question.
0: Wow. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to, uh, I love this question. And, but I think we got to go follow our, some of our, our predecessor podcasts and go snake draft on it. I don't think we can go right off the oh. bat. One, two, three. Okay. can't. I don't think All we right. should be allowed to repeat it. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I like snake, that. snake draft, the I current driver grid from top to bottom and just drivers, no principles, just drivers, just, just drivers, drivers. no okay. principles. Yeah. Just drivers. All right. Wait, who's going to get to go first?
1: Matt how, Matt, how about you? You're you're the Red Bull guy. You're in first place this season.
0: Alright, that's fair enough. We'll uh, let that's you a, pick that's it a off. fair enough point. Um yeah. I'll go first and then Stefano ranks Ferrari, he'll go second, and you're Mercedes, you go third. Fine. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right, hold on. Wow. This is a this is an interesting one. There's a lot of interesting guys on the grid. Now, wait, hold on. Let me clarify this, Stefano. Is this like we're just gonna like sit at a bar and have like, you know, eight beers and shoot the shit? Or is this like you might you're going to go out after somebody after like a race weekend and like you might find your way into like some crazy stuff and then like four in the morning you're like heading home yeah
1: it's, yeah, it's like a night
2: out you don't know what's gonna
1: happen Dude, it's, it's like both
2: it's honestly both you could just be going to the bar for a casual chat and a beer with your best butt on the grid and it could lead to like a week-long bender so you know you got to pick wisely Oh man, this is uh, it was a tough question. All right, I think I think I've got I think I've got the answer
0: that I've got right now. All but right. boy, this is this is
2: really. I think I gotta kick it off with Lando Norris. I think
0: Lando gets into some, like, crazy stuff. Like, I think, like, there's some videos of him after, like, Miami. Like, I feel like he's, like, young. He loves to, like, have, like, hit the party scene. I think, like, Lando, you could, like, he's, like, a wild card. Like, you could go and, like, he'd be funny and, like, kind of, like, you could yuck it up with him. But then, like, push comes to shove, you could be, like, in some models party, like, hanging out at, like, 3 in the morning. Like, I think Lando's a total wild card. And I think, like, having a beer with him, like, would be... It would be baseline super fun, but I think he could get into like some deep shenanigans. So I think I would pick, yeah, def- pick Lando. He definitely has
2: like the face of a cherub, but you can definitely tell like that face is hiding an animal behind it.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. So I, I think my first one I pick is like Lando
2: Norris. Okay. Okay. Stefano, go ahead. Oh, dude. Easy for me. Number one, Daniel Ricardo. Wow. Wow. Talk to like, us about that one. Dude, I'm, go- I'm picturing just going after the race to the local tavern with Danny Rick. First things first, clink a couple of beers together. As the night goes on, we're chopping it up, shooting the shit. Next thing you know, we're down in shots, doing shoeys, that and then we That sounds disgusting.
1: Up in- yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm out on that. I, well, that I, is you like, know, you want to do a shoey? It- Nobody you want to do a
0: shoey there. with Danny Ricardo for him finishing 12th.
2: Uh, this has no bearing on performances on the grid. Nah, this is,
0: that's where you're wrong, Stephano.
2: No, this is this is all a test of personalities. And Daniel Ricardo definitely has the type of personality that I'd want to like hang out with and enjoy myself with.
1: Yeah,
0: maybe, but like all right, <laughs> all right all right all right All right. All right, well, I'd all like right. To
2: hear yeah, i'd like
1: okay. to hear who you so i get i Gianni get Ocaro. i get two i get yeah, you two picks you get two picks um so first first one i mean this is an obvious one i can't believe he got all the way to three but yuki Sonoda. um ah, see, that's pretty obvious, obvious to me just do like a few sake bombs and um you know just like the works and probably go to like a like a dance club, like a good like a light show. Like I just I picture a great time with him and like crazy time, um ravish. So the Yuki is an easy one for me. Number two would be Checo. Checo Perez. Yeah, um, see, I, yeah, yeah he's I could just see like tequila shots with him and good time out. We saw he you know can get in some trouble. Um, we saw you know the the pictures from Monaco. He was a bad boy, but you know, hanging out with a bad boy is fun sometimes. So Yuki and Cheko to me are two easy ones. I know I'm gonna have a great time with both of them. Might get in a little bit of trouble, um, but it'll be worth it. You know, it'll be a great time.
0: See I love both those picks. I honestly thought that those guys were going to slip a little bit later. Like I thought you were going to come out of the yeah. gate like Lewis Hamilton and I think you want to say Toto because that's why you asked drivers. He like, was. Uh, you, you're right.
2: I think Lewis Hamilton would be the last person I want to get a beer with.
0: I mean, well, I'll put it this way. There's, there's one thing I know. It's that he will 100% be in Sam's trio of getting drinks with at the end of this snake draft. I, just, I, mm. I looked at the list and Yuki was 100% somebody i thought i could get like the third pick i thought yuki was like a shoe-in for me because you guys are just going to go through the field and pick a bunch of other people all right i love those sam i think you're right i think Checo would like go he he would have the best tequila for you too like you'd know you'd be doing like the smoothest tequila uh, definitely probably get caught up in some like cartel stuff or something like that yuki is a hilarious time imagine the two of those guys together that'd be uh, like absolutely epic all right stefano you're up
2: How how many am I doing? Just one or two?
0: One, yeah. We go. All right, Pierre
2: Pierre Gasly. Easy. That's a good
0: one. Talk us through that,
2: dude. You just know that Pierre Gasly is like into some like crazy shit. Like that guy definitely hangs out with exclusively supermodels and Yuki Sonoda. So I mean, I'd be I'd be hanging out with Sam too if that was the case. Yeah. Yeah, So it would just be it would just be the four of us. We'd be
1: going out together. That would be that's a good crew, man. That, Dude, that, would, crew, that would be a actually. sick crew.
2: That would be that would be a string quartet of just like of Playboys just looking to tear a it up through.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. Crew. Helmet Marco is worried that Yuki and Pierre Gasly are getting a little bit too close to one another this year. So keep your eyes out for that one. Um I'm up again. Oh boy. Man, you guys took a lot of the good ones that I thought I was gonna get later on in this in this fight, to be honest with you. Um Man, I I hate where my crew is going. I wish I didn't go first now that I think about it. I I think that the next one that I would pick, it's got to be, for me, Fernando Alonso. I think that he's kind of the other version of, like, Checo Perez. I think he is somebody who can definitely, like, he, I'll put it this way, he could, he probably can drink more than anyone I know. He just seems like that type of guy that like can drink everyone under the table. He's gonna last the night. He's kind of that old wily vet who's been around the block and he's gonna like, he knows all the right spots, the right places, where to go, what to drink, who to meet, like huge network, all that stuff. I just think he would be super fun to go out with and he would just show you a good time. Let's see. I got another pick, right? Um, Boy, man, this is so freaking hard. I'm right now in between a couple. um, You know, all right, this one's going to like, this one's a tactical one. This one's going to be fun. I think to round out my crew, I think I would pick Lance Stroll because I know Lando of Norris would just be making he would just be <laughs> trolling Lance Stroll the whole time and it would just be like a punching bag we could be like it would just be about spinning out and like oh you crashed or like oh like you just know like, like Norris and Fernando Alonso would be trolling Lance Stroll the whole time so like I'd put him in my crew I wouldn't want to have a beer with him sure. like but I would want him in that that trio so that way he could just be like the punching bag in the butt end of all the jokes all night long.
1: You need a strong third person because the Lando Stroll crew right now is one that he my crew prob- is probably Alonso. like beating up at the bar.
0: Probably right. To be honest with you, I'm, I don't like my crew at all. I mean, I had Fernando Alonso as my
2: third. Dude, honestly, out of everyone in your crew, your crew including, including you, including you, I would hang out with Fernando Alonso because you picked, dude, Lance Stroll as your third. You'd have to bring Lawrence Stroll with you because he doesn't do anything without his dad. Yeah, but so how sick would that with be? Imagine night. none
1: of those, none of those guys like mesh together. That's imagine, just like, an odd crew. Imagine
0: like Lawrence Stroll just picking up the tab for all of our shit too. Like you know, like we'd walk away from that with like PJs for all of us. I, I, we'd walk out of that night yeah, and yeah, you'd you just be like are, yeah. private jet in my driveway the next day.
2: None of this sounds like fun. No, yeah, none no, of this man. sounds like fun. Alonzo. The only, and- one that, the only one that I want to hang out with, the only one that I want to hang out with is Fernando Alonso. And only at this stage of his career, if I was going to hang out with like prime Oh six, Fernando Alonso, I'd say no. Cause he'd be way too intense. Yeah.
0: I don't know what to tell oh, you. Right? I think, I think having uh Lando Norris trolling Lance Stroll, I feel like he's like the, I mean, you guys have, have you watched how, Lando like trolled Danny Ricardo last year, and how he like trolls the media every single weekend. Like it would just be hysterical Have you seen watching Lance him
1: stroll. Huh? Have you seen Land stroll? Like just yes, in general? That's why
0: I think it would be so funny because Lando Norris would just be trolling. He'd be strolling him the whole time.
1: All right, I Stefano. You Stefano, so let's hear your third.
2: Sebastian Vettel, obviously, eh. good pick. Because I, I know that great. we're gonna. I know that we're gonna get smashed off of so many steins full of beer and if things get out of hand and god forbid we get robbed at the end of the night i know sebastian vettel has got my back he's going to jump on his electric scooter and chase down the fucking reprobates that just robbed us dude
0: sebastian so he, Vettel would be lecturing you about climate
2: change the entire night the only thing yeah, yeah, that's fine he would just be telling
0: be, you about how miami's going to be underwater in three years
2: that's fine i'd be too drunk to even pay attention
0: all right. So who's your crew stuff
2: It's Daniel Ricciardo, Pierre Gasly, and Sebastian Vettel.
1: That's a solid yeah, crew. Yeah, like that's a solid crew. Like at least those guys can kind of mesh. Yeah, it's yeah. a solid crew. All right, Sam. Um, I mean, unlike unlike, unlike Matt's crew, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like Nicholas Latifi must have lost his imitation in the mail. <laughs> um, all right. So for to r- round out my crew, I'm gonna text Chuck LeClaire to come chill with the boys. Wow. No um, <laughs> Uh, nah, nah, we don't we don't want to hang out with Lewis. Not in the night like that. Chuck LeClaire. I feel like he's good times. Good vibes. Just um, just kind of one of the boys. You know, you'll have a good time with them. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty simple one for me. And I feel like my crew now all meshes. Chuck, Yuki and Checo, the boys. Nah, Chuck, Yuki and Not Leclerc. having it
0: that's, a, not, not that's a motley crew to say the least dude honestly like, very carlos diverse Sines.
1: crew i'd chuck chuck rather have carlos doesn't caucasian like asian mexican chuck Leclerc doesn't seem like he's having a rich fun. man and, uh, and the eastern european guy i mean or northern i don't even know where that country is. monaco that's not eastern or northern europe
0: <laughs> does does Leclaire even like do anything does he have fun
1: that's I saw a picture of smoking, like doing like the hand up the mouth that he was smoking weed once. So. Oh, that seems sweet. Pretty, dude, that yeah, seems pretty cool. I, I remember doing that, that when I was cool.
0: 17. Um, I mean, Do you? <laughs> like, the, I mean, the motion. Yeah. Like, like Anyone could do the motion. I don't know. I feel like uh, Yuki is a hilarious one. I honestly, you threw me off. I want to pick you. Yuki was going to be my third. I thought dude. he was a shoe in for my third and that would have been With- awesome to have
2: sam with yuki you are gonna go to every japanese karaoke bar and sing Definitely. just like the most the most yeah. like hilarious versions of like 1980s songs yeah so like sweet great.
1: caroline and all. yeah yeah what do you mean dude? he
0: can't speak proper english he's not gonna you think yuki's gonna go do karaoke
1: dude. yeah i do you know how
0: popular
2: karaoke is in Japan. It doesn't no, matter it if is, it's English or not.
0: It's it's impressively like popular now, like over in Asia. Like there's private rooms. It's like a whole ordeal. I've I I know that that is a mega thing. I just, yeah. It just actually would be hysterical because Yuki on Team Radio is electric to sit, to listen to Yuki on karaoke would be like a thousand times more electric.
2: Sam, it'd be sick because. Uh... Pierre and Yuki would like would text each other to link up and our respective crews would link up and we would just leave Chuck LeClaire behind because he doesn't have fun. Well,
1: why don't you think Chuck LeClaire is fun? I don't get that.
2: Dude, because he has Carlos science on his team. Who's a yeah. smooth operator. Just I just Chuck rather Leclerc. have him on, in my crew just, than
1: Chuck. Just.
0: Him and like him and Max feel like they're like similar and like they don't really No, do no, 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 no.
1: no. Oh, yes. Max, yes, is, no. is, yes. Max, is, a Max is a stiff. Max is a stiff. That's no, a guy no, no, you no, don't want no. to go. Be a stiff. That's a guy you don't want to go out with.
0: Well, you'll be sure. going out. You'll be getting he'll be getting texted into your crew hanging out him with Pierre Chuck Gasly. They're not
1: not alike at all. Chuck's way more smooth than Max. Pierre Gasly will yeah, be Yeah, but at the same time Chuck slapping. is like a
2: Chuck is a stuffed up stuffy rich kid from Monaco. I don't want to hang out with him. I don't want to hang out with him either.
1: And okay, here's okay you picked lance troll matt yeah, yeah i dude, said it you but that was like an ironic one
0: for lando norris to troll him all night
2: i was very clear about that you're you're such you're such a hipster matt picking one out of irony this entire this entire thing transformed from who do you want to have a beer with to like building your like assembling
0: your <laughs> optimal crew like if it was a oh, optimal yeah. crew, I would have done this thing a whole lot differently. Like I started off being like, I'd love to have a beer with Lando Norris. And you guys were like, oh, I'm trying to develop like the best crew that meshes together. I don't know where the evolution of this well, it, it was when
1: you made it a snake draft. I think <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that is
0: probably true. When I made a snake draft, I, I inadvertently changed the rules and I should have known better because it would have ended up being a competition of who had assembled the best crew for an evening out. But I mean, guys this was a this was fun this was a good little segment on a short week where like there hasn't been a whole lot of news uh for all of our listeners we can you can certainly be expecting another one of these with a broader historical f1 uh racer driver pool probably team principals in the mix so like during the summer break we'll definitely bring this segment back and do like another snake draft of who to have a, and, and this time we'll set the rules a little bit better like who do you ever want to have a beer with that doesn't transform it's like who's your optimal crew to go hit a night out in the town with that like somehow sam had two picks and he assembled the best crew, like go figure. Um, but guys, Dude, every
2: time every time you say "assemble your crew," I keep thinking of Dave Shevengers as right? Prince saying, "Assemble your crew," and then <laughs> yeah, they just well, go play basketball.
0: It's about time you picked up on it because that's exactly what I was
2: referencing. So uh, Dude, kudos yeah, to you there, Stefano. So guys, also I just want to say to all of our listeners, uh, if you have anyone that you'd like to go get a beer with, we'd love to hear from you. You know, this is definitely an interactive medium. Email us. Give us a, leave us read a red on mail. next
1: episode. Yeah, best crew gets read on next the be, episode. The best crew that's submitted gets read on next episode.
0: Hell yeah, fire it Absolutely. up! Absolutely, and and we'll we'll ask them when they come on. We uh, they'll get listened in, and we'll add them onto the podcast. And they'll do a snake draft of them of which top three in the points hosts they'd like to have a beer with. Uh, so they can only pick three of the in the points hosts. And they'll do a snake draft to say who their their crew would be if they would go out and have a beer with us. Um, I'm I'm shocked you guys are like all over me about Lance Stroll. Like you don't think that he would absolutely live it up in Canada? He's just a rich guy that will just go and spend a bunch of money, probably buy a bunch of tables at like nine different clubs on Daddy's. I don't think dive. he's
1: going out and having a good time. I think oh, he's- I think that that's exactly what a paid
0: driver does. They have nothing else to worry about. They, who cares? They're just blowing Daddy's money. And you you think he's gonna know all the like hot spots, especially in Canada. Speaking of Canada, guys, we gotta turn our attention to Canada this week. It's a huge race for a lot of different teams. A lot can happen. First time back since twenty nineteen. It's gonna be electric. Stefano, give us your track preview. We love hearing that. The newest segment, our favorite new segment. Stefano's giving a track preview heading into race weekend. Stefano, kick us off, man.
2: Hell yeah, fire it up. We go to the City of Saints, the City of Festivals, Sin City. After a long three-year wait, Montreal once again becomes the City of Speed, as Formula One Circus crosses the Atlantic to return to this wonderful old city north of the border. Moving on from a frankly routine race in Baku, following Ferraris exploding left, right, and center, the dynamic duo of Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez will look to carry their momentum forward at the Circuit Gilles Villeneuve a 4.3-kilometer, 14-turn peach of a track that features fast sweepers, quick chicanes, a tight hairpin leading to a long straight, culminating in a chicane at the aptly named Wall of Champions. Can Lewis Hamilton, winner of the last Grand Prix held in Montreal in 2019, reassume the throne here? Can the prancing horses gallop away from their competition this week, or will the Bulls be on parade once again? Get your poutine and maple syrup ready, because this is... The Canadian Grand Prix. Wow. Hell of an intro. Fire that
0: one up. Fire it freaking up, dude. Um, Canada, Sam, you love this track. F1 video game. You raced this before I got to the track and you were a pig in mud on this thing. You must be so pumped to see it actually come to life and in first time in like three years, too.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. I love this track. You know, I feel like I'm, kind of like alone in that i feel like everyone else is kind of like whatever it kind of flies under the radar i feel i feel like i'm a big fan of it uh it's gonna be an interesting race uh ferrari backs up against the wall i'm excited for it. it's i find it a little ironic that the two like ambassadors of this track are like the two worst drivers in formula one um that's a little bit of a shame it's kind of like made it into kind of like a joke uh so that's too bad but other than that it's gonna be a fun weekend. I think a lot of signs are pointing towards a, another Red Bull win. Um, uh, maybe some issues for Ferrari in trying to fix those reliability problems that they had. So I'm um, I'm very interested to see what happens this weekend.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's funny because the two guys promoting it, it's so bizarre because uh they don't really like mesh with the sport, let alone Canada itself. I mean, they're two pretty big outliers. Um <laughs> sucks that they're the, the spokesperson that's probably why a lot of people don't really care about it right they're just like whatever um two drs zones though but like the second one is a little interesting because it goes into a chicane right around 13 14 but then the drs continues on into turn one so it's like an interesting little speed trap with two drs zones it's almost like three drs zones though um coming out of that hairpin 10 and 11 where we saw Lewis going a little bit lot, um, wide back in 2019 in his fight to catch uh, Sebastian Vettel. The circuit dates back to 1978, 70 laps. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be very similar to like Baku, where we watched a lot of laps on track. Um, or sorry, more like Monaco, where we saw a lot of laps on track, not like Baku, where we saw a lot less. All of them, though, for our new listeners, every single track is supposed to have right around the same race distance in terms of cumulative um race distance of about 300 kilometers so each track is different sizes that means they do different laps but at the end of the day they race the same distance so all these cars are going to go for about 300 kilometers um yeah this one like this one's a lot of fun like i'm glad this is back on on circuit it's crazy to me though that in a back-to-back weekend they're going from baku to canada And then they do like from Silverstone to Austria, like they're, they couldn't be going further from two points in the world than
1: they are. to. I think I saw it was a, it was a 13 and a half hour flight.
0: Yeah, it was crazy. I remember going to bed after watching Baku and like Lando Norris posted a story being like, all right, about to get on my flight. And then like the next day at like 4 PM, it was like a new story. It was like just landed. And I was like, huh? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty important race for Ferrari. Really? Like, I mean, it's, it, it's coming off of two reliability issues that are seemingly unrelated at Baku. It's very important that they collect It's probably their most
2: important so far. I you totally know, they, agree. They, they, need, they need a statement race right now. You know, they need to, they need to prove that they're not just like, the strategists aren't going to just be a bunch of chickens running around with their heads cut off following, you know, the horror show of reliability from, from Baku. Uh, so they definitely need cool heads in the pit lane uh, on the strategy side, and Chuck and Carlos definitely need to definitely need to drive their hearts out. Uh, Stefano, are you well.
1: are you worried about Chuck having to take a grid penalty for um, a new some new engine parts? Is he going to have to? It Not sounds like race. there's a sounds like there's a good chance he might for this race this early yes. in the season. Yes, oh, that seems honestly. so crazy. Yeah. The, apparently the, uh, it was a lot, the damage was a lot worse than they originally thought from last weekend. That's
2: honestly, I'm not worried insofar as like his overall race. Um, if he starts from the back of the grid, I think he's still going to be able to climb up to a challenge for a podium. Um, but if he starts from the back of the grid, there's no way he's going to win
0: back of the grid would be crazy
1: uh no i I, heard a 10 place penalty
0: a 10 place penalty is basically him starting 11th because he'll be sitting on pole but i mean this one this weekend's really could be very crazy i was thinking about it sam i didn't realize he was gonna take a grid penalty but if he if he had to take a 10 place grid penalty and for somehow red bull had reliability issues we could be seeing mercedes return to
1: first place. P1. That's what they need. That is, that is exactly what they need to happen. What, what they need is both cars out and them 1-2 uh, finish. Because if that happens, then it's kind of game on. If that happens... Yeah, definitely
2: the- it swings the constructors, especially into, uh, into a whole new sort of thing because I think at that point, Mercedes will probably overtake Ferrari. Depends on where uh, Ferrari the would end standing. up.
0: If, if, um, if both bulls, both bull Ferraris dnf and mercedes went one two with fastest lap they would have 205 points to ferrari's 199 so it would really depend on what carlos Sainz does um and where charles Leclerc has to start and how much he can make up in the field if he starts 11th i think he's easily gonna be challenging the mercedes for probably the race win if he had to start from 11th assuming reliability he's gonna make meat out of that field and probably by like lap Six, he's easily going to be in P three. I mean, again, if that's assuming, the for, Bulls, assuming, you know.
2: assuming Fernando Alonso doesn't hold everybody up like he's been doing the past couple races.
0: Yeah, Alex Albon was not very happy about that one bit, but. You're right, Sam. This this track, it's it, here's the here's the big problem for Mercedes. This track has not been resurfaced in a long time, and it's not super smooth. It's a very bumpy track, from what I've heard. So, Mercedes porpoising, I don't think is going to be nearly as bad as Baku, which, if you guys watch some of the replays, there was like Lewis Hamilton's porpoising was so bad he almost crashed his car into, the, into turn 17 because he couldn't control it. That's how bad it was. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but it's super uneven. I think I would expect their car to perform similar to how it performed in Spain. And I think that that's what I'm expecting coming into this week is that Mercedes will perform like they did in Spain and they might have some really good race pace and maybe they get some good setup related um, performance out of the car. And my question to you, Sam, does Lewis Hamilton finish ahead of George Russell this weekend?
1: It's hard for me to sit here and with a straight face and say yes. I mean, he just hasn't shown anything to prove that he's in a position to do that. Um, so I'm going to say no. I think Russell finishes ahead of him again. Uh, but I think Hamilton is obviously very motivated to get a finish um, ahead of his teammate. So it wouldn't shock me, but I just don't just don't think he's in the position yet. We haven't really seen much promise from him and he's been like distant. I mean, he always finished right behind him, but it wasn't like he was on his, his tail at all at Baku. So no, I don't think he's going to.
0: Yeah. I think he is Um, I think he's something's gonna like dig deep and I think something's gonna I think they're gonna fix something on the car I actually think like I just have this like weird gut feeling that Mercedes is gonna be super competitive this weekend and I think it's gonna be awesome for the sport and if if to take a grid penalty and it's Red Bull and Mercedes battling again that's gonna be epic because even if Leclerc gets a gets on pole if like let's just say Leclerc gets on pole Max Orcheco Checo P2 P3 signs P4 and then the Mercedes Charles goes back down you got Bulls starting on the front row now into turn 1 you got a Lewis Hamilton or a George Russell challenging the Red Bulls which would be super cool to see again uh, I mean last year I held my breath for a lot of those lap 1 turn 1 racing moves between both of them who was on pole Max on pole Lewis gets a better start he's into turn 1 ahead but like, I'm kind of craving that again. I'm craving a Max Lewis battle again, even if it's just for like a lap or two. And then like, it, it just you need to see it. Um, and I mean, how about Christian Horner saying if it was his drivers, he'd be hamming up the porpoising and the unsafe conditions and all that stuff. Like, I'm just Sandy, so don't... sick of that guy. Yeah, but you said it. You said it.
1: You agreed with him. Yeah, I know. But like, shut up. Just like, <laughs> shut up. He's, you know, he's just like loving it um, because they don't, they're they not having any porpoising issues. So it's just like, shut up. I can't stand the guy.
0: Yeah. All right. It said differently. If you, if he was like the Mercedes team principal and you liked the guy you'd be doing, you, you'd be like, yeah, he's fine. I
1: don't think so. No, I don't think so. Uh, agree to disagree.
0: Ferrari though. My question for one of you, I don't care who answers. Um, Carlos Sainz, what type of weekend does he have? Start with Sam. Uh, Sam, you always say Carlos signs. You got—I mean, you got to tell the, the folks.
1: I think I think we're in for a strong Carlos signs weekend. I, I have this feeling, and that's kind of like the the take that I've got cooking in the oven right now at about three fifty. It's preheating. I think we have a, a big weekend from Carlos. Um, I'm just—I'm like leaning towards this thought that Leclaire is going to take a penalty and get it over with, and I think Signs is going to. Feel like he's the guy this weekend, and knowing the team is relying on him, and I'm just uh, I'm starting to think that we see a big Carlos Sainz weekend this weekend.
0: Does Carlos Sainz win a race this year?
1: Yes. Well, let's wait until the predictions at the end of the show to get okay. to that.
0: I like that, Stefano. What do you think is going to happen with all the customer engine teams? We saw it last weekend. Um, Alpha Romeo Haas. These midfield teams that are relying on these Ferrari power units, these Ferrari engines, what type of weekend do you think that those guys come back with? Do you think Haas, Mick Schumacher, Kevin Magnussen kind of come back into the form that we thought that they had starting in Bahrain? Do you think they're slow playing their development? Mick has had just an abysmal
2: season. Honestly, based on the the past few races' results alone, I I don't think Haas is in with a shout at all this weekend. Um, you know, following uh mixed crash in Monaco, the horror crash, and then just his, his no show in Baku, you know, what, what's he going to do in, in Montreal? Not much. And then K mag hasn't really shown a whole lot either. Uh, I don't see any, either of them finishing anywhere near a points finish. Um, For the Alfa Romeos, I think, I think Joe Guan Yu showed glimpses of form. Um in Baku before his retirement. So he could be in with a shout. And I think Valtteri is definitely, you know, probably there for like a a middle of the top 10 finish, you know, between P five and P 10 somewhere in there. Um, you know, he knows the track pretty well. Um, so I think, I think for customer engines, I think Alfa Romeo has a better shot at like a successful, uh, race weekend this, this, uh, this weekend in Montreal.
0: Yeah. And, um, it's gonna definitely favor those cars that have that bring a low downforce package to the the circuits. They're, this is definitely favoring high speed cars. This does not require a whole lot of of downforce required to kind of nail sector two and the twisty bits as much as it does in some European circuits. So it feels like we're back to more of like a similar to Australia, Miami type of circuit, which has historically, or not even um, Australia as much, but like a little bit of like a Jetta. Um, It just seems like to Sam, your point earlier, the, the pendulum on this particular race weekend is swinging a little bit. Right now, preliminarily into Red Bull's favor, just because of the types of packages that they bring. Um, but like, I mean, we saw so many times Ferrari, you know, can is going to be super competitive if they take away reliability. I, I think we're going to get another Red Bull Ferrari battle, but I hope we get to see some other ones back up in the mix. She, and here's the thing, too. If if Chuck LeClaire has to take a grid penalty, he's just going to be the first of so many of these top drivers that will have to do that this year. It is inevitable. Max Verstappen will probably take like two grid penalties this entire year because of reliability from Bahrain.
1: It's so that's why happen. I think that we that's why I think we see him take it this weekend. He's just like, OK, let's get it over with. Because um, I, I think this is going to become like a common thing. So yeah. what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, with, hold, with so many on. races on
2: the calendar, it's almost like if they're going to get uh, a penalty, they want to get it over with as soon as possible. Yeah, and just, exactly. Just and this track, especially,
1: it just feels like matches that it just feels like it sets up well the Red Bull. So let's not let's let's get it over with now when we're we're already probably going to be fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, do damage limitation. Try and make your way through the field, finish in the top five. If you get on the podium, great. But so here's the interesting thing, and I'm sure we'll get into the predictions. Um, If he takes a grid penalty, there's probably, in in barring reliability issues, there's probably zero chance that he finishes ahead of Carlos Sainz because assuming they're in the both similar car, and Carlos Sainz, I would assume, is going to start in the top five he probably won't catch his own teammate. So like if if Red Bull and all those cars don't have any reliability issues and like there's no weird stuff that happens on track, I still think that like Chuck will probably best do sixth, fifth, maybe fourth, depending on how quick the Mercedes is. So maybe it's a good segue into like what we think is gonna happen in our predictions for this weekend. But it, it could, if you take a grip penalty, lend itself where the number two driver, Ferrari, could maybe be finishing ahead of his teammate and if ahead of the Bulls maybe Sam your season-long quote may finally come to fruition so maybe we'll just go right into predictions and we'll start with with you Stefano Stefano give us your bold predictions for the race weekend let's do for all of our listeners new to the segment we do our predictions pre-practice only entire podcast only pundits in the entire industry that does it pre-practice once you do it in practice it's super easy to kind of get a pulse for where everything's going to shake out on track we do it midweek before anybody else can get to it we do poll p1 through p3 however this week we're switching it up a little bit we're going poll and top five because the Red Bull and Ferrari teams have been so freaking good that it just becomes us swapping in who we think is going to win that weekend versus who's not. And last weekend, we, me, and Stefano had Checo and Max one and two, and that was like pretty straightforward. I think the weekend before that, like all you guys had Charles on pole. I mean, Charles was on pole like every single time. So like picking the pole winner. Is basically just like pick Charles and you're fine. And then it just becomes down to like a flip of a coin of who picked the right team. So now we're going to go top five drivers. I think that makes it a little bit more interesting because we're laying a little bit more on the line. A lot more can happen in fourth and fifth, Um, but still going to do pole and podium. Stefano, let's start with you. Who do you have on pole? By the way, Stefano, he's the only one that does three positions on pole. You might as well just give us who's on the first two rows at this point, Stefano. So go P one through P four on pole.
2: All right. Fire it up, man. Um, P1, I have Max Verstappen. Uh, I think he's going to have a great qualifying session. I think he wants to prove that uh, he not only has the pace for the race, but he also wants to uh, get some pole positions in as well. I think Chuck overtook him in Baku for most poles. Um, or I think he surpassed his number of poles. So I think he wants to wrench that back from Chuck. I may be wrong on that. You think Chuck um, has
0: more poles in Formula 1 than Max Verstappen?
2: I think I heard, I remember a was stat like three like that. seasons Career? where like
0: Charles Leclerc didn't even like sniff the front two yeah, I'm Saying no way on that. Yeah, that can't be right.
2: Might not be. I remember maybe hearing consecutive a stat like that.
0: Maybe consecutive polls, but there's no way. I mean, Max had like 13 last year.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It was early in the morning when I heard it. I might be we'll wrong. Cut it was that. a little groggy. Yeah, we'll Either cut way, I'm soon. still either way, I'm still going with Max. Um, I think Chuck has a little bit of hiccup in quality. And he ends up P2, uh, okay. Carlos signs P3, um, and then rounding it out. I think that there's going to be um, no lockout for the, the, the front two uh, grid, uh, grid spots uh, for Red Bull and Ferrari. Uh, so I think George Russell is going to be P4. What about what happens to Checo? I think he flubs it, dude, honestly. Um, you know, I think, I think Checo's form runs out in Montreal altogether. Um, so I think he flubs qualifying. I think George Russell takes advantage, uh, gives us a storming lap in, quali- in qualifying for uh, a commanding P4 position.
0: Hey, just a fact check. Uh, Stefano was right. Charles Leclerc has passed Max Verstappen with 15 polls, and Max has 14 career polls. So that is a shocking yeah. stat. Shocker. Shocking. Absolutely shocking to see that currently Charles Leclerc has more poll positions than of, of his entire career than than max or Stappen by a whole one but that is pretty crazy so hats off yeah, you, you wouldn't have
2: you wouldn't have thought you wouldn't I didn't. have thought but don't cut that 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 whole deliberation segment out
0: oh no, we weren't going to it was just a, a thing we we're going to say we're not going to cut that either so so all right oh, yeah fire it up so sorry and and who's your race predictions that i missed that looking up this uh this thing
2: uh, do you want to do race predictions or do you want to do quality first? And then all three of us go through the race.
0: You're the only one who does the first four in quality. So we, we all just give who's going to be on pole, but you started giving the top three. So I said, just give us the front two rows. So why don't Fair you enough. just go right into the race?
2: All right. Uh, weirdly. And I had to, I had to deliberate in my own head about this for a little while. Uh, but I think Carlos Sainz is your race winner in Montreal. You just
0: Jack Sam's take.
2: I might have, um, but I think Carlos Sainz takes his first win of the season in Montreal, and I think George Russell has what it takes to get to P two, uh, and I think Max rounds out the podium. Um, assuming that Leclerc has to take a grid penalty, uh, I think he'll. I think he'll slot in nicely uh, for. Fourth place, and I think Sergio Perez recovers from uh, a qualifying that he would rather forget to uh, round out the top five.
0: Wow! I mean, I think I'm just a little bit more in shock that as a as a host, I was I was teasing a, a prediction from Sam, and uh, and in, instead, I I inadvertently let Stefano Jack sure started take. With sure started with me. I should have started with you. Um, I, I mean. Stefano, that's a crazy take uh, that you have. I'm just going to go right to Sam. I don't have much to say right there. Sam, why don't you give us predictions for the weekend?
1: Yeah, Stefano certainly jacked that. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go with Checo Perez on pole. Um, I think he's been super sharp in qualifying. He's shown that he's got a little bit more pace than Max at times. So I, um, I think we see Checo on pole. Uh, and then for the, for the race win, I agree with Stefano. I think that Carlos Sainz is going to get his, his win, and Carlos Sainz is going to win a race this year. Um, so we're both, on, we're both on the same page with that one. I think what's going to happen is Leclerc is going to have to take his, his grid penalty. He's going to have a good race. I have him finishing. I went back and forth about fourth or fifth. I'll be, I think he'll be fighting for fourth, but end up fifth. Uh, and I think he ends up behind George Russell in fourth and then third Checo, Max 2. So I think we see a Sainz, Max, Checo podium.
0: I like that. Yeah, I mean, you've been saying it all year that you think Carlos Sainz is going to win a race this year and if your if your contacts, if your sources are correct and he has to take and Charles Leclerc has to take a grid penalty, we we're kind of teasing that the whole the whole episode. It's lending itself to Carlos Sainz being the number one driver of Ferrari this weekend in terms of positions um, because of that grid penalty. And, and most likely, I, I mean, I would not expect. I'll put it this way. If Charles Leclerc is to take a 10-place grid penalty and he sits on pole and he starts 11th and he beats his own teammate, Carlos Sainz needs to retire. That's my take.
2: I'd agree in with that. the same
0: that. Ferrari, Carlos Sainz losing to his own teammate if his teammate takes a 10-place grid penalty, like, you should hang him up. Like, there's zero excuse for, for you as Carlos Sainz if you're starting like third, your teammate starting 11th in the same car and you mm-hmm. lose to them uh, now, not getting hit or anything. Like, that's inexcusable. That's like pretty bad. But
2: yeah, no, you're, you're, you're 100% right there. Um, but I think, I think this podcast, the majority of this podcast, has faith in uh, the smooth operator that is Carlos Sainz.
0: I don't. Big uh, weekend for Carlos i don't have faith in carlos Sainz. i think he's i think something's up with that guy and and here's the other thing he has not had a car that's given him instilled more confidence after driver errors so yes while australia was his fault and imola he got tagged by danny ricardo the events of baku like things like that just start to in my opinion deteriorate a confident confidence in the driver and I'm not saying it's all like, oh, he's not a good driver. He can't do anything anymore. I just think collectively, all these DNFs, all these collisions that aren't his fault, the hydraulic issue, all of these things start to just put more and more and more pressure on him in the next race. And then when that doesn't go his way, it happens in the next race and then in the next race. So that's the reason why I'm losing faith in Carlos Sainz, not in his ability, just in the fact that the amount of pressure and mounting on his shoulders especially after a ferrari double dnf it's just mounting and i'm i just don't know if he's the type that can internalize that pressure and turn it into diamonds or if he's gonna fold and we're gonna learn a lot about carlos Sainz the rest of the season because there should be nobody on the grid right now that has less confidence than him out of his own control and we'll see what he's made of so um yeah I like your guys predictions I think it's going to come down to whether or not Ferrari can set up the car and and challenge Red Bull at this track suits Red Bull maybe Red Bull will have some reliability but it's going to be interesting to see Carlos signs um if Chuck Leclerc is taking a penalty and what he's going to do on track so for my my poll prediction I think it's got to be a Ferrari I think it's going to be Chuck Leclerc it's that car is so fast in a one lap setting that it's like almost impossible to say that it's not gonna be the Ferrari sitting on pole this weekend. Uh, they've done it everywhere. They have I think six this year out of eight races and it's nuts. In the it's just it's crazy what they can do on track in that one lap and their race pace is is very good too, but this one lap is insane. And I think it's gonna be Chuck I'll, I'll go full first two rows. I think it's going to be Chuck. I think it's going to be Checo. I think it's going to be Max. I think it's going to be signs. I think it's going to be, I think Checo's having an unbelievable year for qualifying. And the reason why I say that is because I'm actually starting to get the sense that Max doesn't really care as much about qualifying as he did last year. I think I'd said that in the last episode, he can win from third and he can, he's won from fourth. And so it's like, I think he's putting less emphasis on how important it is to be on pole and yeah he wants to prove it and do it but i think right now if you like gave him truth serum what does he care about more being on pole or having a or winning the race he's going to say winning the race so i, I think that the race pace is pretty impressive there um for the race i think we're going to get another red bull one two and i know that's such a homer take but they just look so strong this track favors them the both drivers are driving so confidently they're meshing the team is working really well they've got a ton of momentum ferrari they're a little bit back on the back foot they have to perform a little bit more pressure in the team the red bull can just race loosely like in terms of like everyone can kind of let their hair down a little bit and they don't have to have the pressure versus like this time last year they were in ferrari shoes um, so that's why I think you're just going to see – and the track kind of suits them. So barring reliability, I think you get a Red Bull 1-2. I think you get Lewis Hamilton on P3. I think finishes ahead of his teammate this weekend, George Russell. I think he they're going to find something in the car. He's going to want to perform. He's going to do his best, and I think he's going to perform on track. Um, I think you see Carlos Sainz P4, and I think you probably see – This one's so tough. I think if, and this again, this is all assuming Chuck LeClaire is taking a a grid penalty. Otherwise, I think you get him closer up into like second or third. And then I think you see, I think you see Chuck LeClaire P5 and then George Russell P6. And I think it's the first weekend you see George Russell not finish in the top five.
2: That's my prediction. Matt, you said a Red Bull 1 2, but you didn't specify who places where. Max Chekhov. All yeah. right, fair enough.
0: And, and the reason why, and I know that's such a, a homer take, Checo's race pace in Baku was nowhere close to Max's. And yeah, he had a great qualifying lap. Even, I think I have him out-qualifying his own teammate. It, race pace is everything. And he finished like 20 seconds ahead of his own teammate. I think they were on the exact same strategies, maybe one or two laps difference of when they pitted under the safety car. Um, but they yeah. basically start on the same tires. Max started a place behind Checo, finished 20 seconds ahead. Like no extra stop. For the, the, thing, lap.
2: the thing about Checo, uh, he doesn't really have the best history in Canada. I think his best ever finish here was uh, a third place back in like, 2012 or 2013, I can't remember exactly, but he like he doesn't place very high here. Uh, couple that with the way he races. He's very hard on his tires in the first few laps. And uh, pair that with uh, a rough track surface in Montreal, he could really kind of screw himself over as far as strategy goes. He may have to pit earlier than expected, and that might screw up his positioning uh, on the grid as well. Um, so I just, I'm not sold on, on Checo having a good race weekend, uh, in Montreal.
0: Yeah. I mean, tire deg has been another theme this year. We didn't even like bring that up on this podcast, but tire deg is definitely going to play a significant factor in this week's race. And to be honest with you, like the more I think about it, the more I kind of equate, this could be like another repeat of Australia where like Ferrari actually might not have the best race pace, but they're better off on tire deg and they can actually go longer on the stints. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be super interesting because what I really, really hope and I hope what our predictions, I hope we are not robbed of an electric battle for podiums like we were in Baku with reliability issues. And I I hope
2: we get good. I hope we get good racing all throughout the grid. I hope we get, you know, wheel to wheel battles, even in the midfield, too. Yeah. You know, we thought we'd get it in Baku, but, you know, we were, like you said, robbed of that. Uh, and we're overdue for some entertaining racing
0: totally agree it's going to be great i'm super pumped to go back to canada guys final thoughts heading into race weekend more like a day and a half away from fp1 so this is going to be absolutely electric sam start with you uh, final thoughts heading into the race weekend
1: Let's find out uh what Ferrari's got in their shorts because it's it's time for them to really face the music and they need at least one of their drivers on the podium and if both are off then I think they're they're done. So big weekend for Ferrari. Let's see if they can minimize some damage. Stefano, final thoughts. Yeah,
2: like Sam said, it's make or break for Ferrari this weekend. Um I have faith that it will be a make for them. Um we'll see where where chuck ends up if he takes his grid penalty but like you guys say i'm just happy to be back in canada great race very historic hopefully nobody ends up in the wall of champions this weekend um but you know that's why we go racing we'll see
0: yeah i think the only people that might be in the the wall of champions is somebody who's racing in their home race this weekend so hell yeah brothers fire it up
1: fire it up fire it up fire it
0: That's a wrap for us on today's episode of In The Points. Tune in this Sunday, June 19th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we turn to our neighbors of the North for the Canadian Grand Prix. Ferrari will be keen to do well this weekend to slow the running of the Bulls, while Red Bull will look to continue to extend their lead, and hopefully Mercedes can sort out their porpoising issues and finally begin challenging both of the top two teams this year. Please like subscribe and smash all those bells and whistles so you never miss the hottest Formula One takes in the business and tune in this Thursday on our YouTube channel where we will be exclusively posting Sam's bets as a video episode along with all of our other video podcasts. Thanks to all for listening and as always, stay out of that dirty air and keep pushing.